Logan, I have been waiting for this interview because pies are such a big deal in New Zealand. Chef Logan Niles is with me today from the Pot Pie Factory. She is the founder and flower whisperer. And believe me, we're going to talk a lot about pies. We're going to talk about her slow, simmered sauces, her spiced, uh, studded crusts her European-style butter, which even has an accent, not to mention her marinated proteins. But before we get onto that, Logan, you are multi-talented, which I know you know, but I'm on your LinkedIn, and you have so much experience in so many different areas to help business. That is correct. I guess you could say I've worn a lot of different hats and lived a lot of different lives. <laughs> How incredibly wonderful. And I know you've got a chef hat on at the moment, but you are you one of your strengths is networking, marketing, out-of-the-box thinking, which is probably how you came up with these incredible pies. You do branding, and you've also got experience with graphic, web, and UX design. Do you still offer those services, or are you more focused on your simmering sauces? <laughs> I'm definitely more focused on my simmering sauces, though obviously a lot of that comes into play in um, having my own business and creating all the elements that it needs to, to be a wonderful brand. Especially uh, your experience with uh, networking and creating exceptional customer service. I know you've had some hiccups over COVID, but before we get into that, what is a flower whisperer and what should people actually say to flower? <laughs> so flower whispering is really just a, a, an understanding of what flower needs, um, its hydration level, how to work it, how not to overwork it, how to understand um, when it's done, when it's baking, that certain smell and aroma and texture. So it's, it's kind of more like a, a look into the science of how flower works and how it works in products, which I think I, I, I just love the science and, and R&D in general. I, all I want now is lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I do get that a lot. <laughs> What's the best way to get flour off your clothing? Since I, I need to get a clothing question there every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, I find a wet, um, a slightly damp or wet rag works really well because a lot of times people will use a dry implement to try to move around a dry powder <laughs> and you just really end up spreading it and making the situation worse. So you want to dampen it. And, and basically, I mean, at the end of the day, flour, like, like any substance really needs to be washed away. So if you get it into the fibers of your clothing by using a wet cloth, you're kind of just, you know, kind of pressing it in there for later wash <laughs> because <laughs> the, the particles are so small. It's, it's almost impossible to clean yourself of flowers, so to speak. So the best scenario to keep yourself from losing your mind is just kind of dampen it and make it look like it went away and then go wash your garments later. <laughs> That is great advice. I, I constantly have stain remover, which is not to do with flour, but I constantly have stain remover in the laundry. I know when I'm eating one of your pies, it is going to end up all over me. And that's okay. That is a small price to pay for deliciousness. It's definitely okay. And we have a lot of people who join you in that. <laughs> so you went to the Culinary Institute of America. Wow, that's prestigious in New York. And you have over 30 years in the industry. What yeah. was it like being surrounded by all those people who are passionate about food? 
It was exciting and intimidating. Uh, when I went to CIA, I actually started at the age of 17. I was, I believe, the second youngest person on campus at the time. And there are a lot of people there that had much, much more experience than I did. I was coming straight out of high school. But it was this dream I had to learn how to cook truly amazing food. And I love the ethos of the Culinary Institute, which is grounded in French culinary training. So it really was the epitome of, of where food as we know it today, high-end food, if you will, um, really got its birth um, in French culinary tradition. So it was, it was incredible. And I was, I was almost completely overwhelmed in that I arrived quite young and with very little knife skills uh, experience. I had a great deal of baking experience so that I felt very confident, but the cooking um, you know, learning the different knife cuts and the mother sauces and butchering, all of that was new to me. So I just hung on and just showed up every day and tried to do my best. Well, that's a wonderful message. Show up every day and try to do your best. I mean, we, we could really end the interview there, except I really want to talk about your advice. <laughs> I'm going to segue for a minute. You were a freelance, or you are, a freelance voiceover performer. I mean, you've got a great voice on the podcast. I've been a, a voiceover performer. I've been a, a DJ on radio. I've, I've voiced commercials. Tell me about this. Yeah, so it's really kind of funny, and it does tie into the culinary aspect. So, you know, growing up, I had, um, I would say, probably two main passions, cooking, baking, culinary, and also the arts. Um, when I was very little, I wanted to be Annie. I wanted to do musical Broadway. I did a few um, very off, 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 off Broadway uh, productions <laughs> as a child, and then later on as a teen in high school. And um actually ended up getting back into the arts after culinary school. What's really ironic is that I told my mother halfway through culinary school that I didn't want to finish and that my heart was really in the arts. And she gave me some very sound advice. She said, you know what, finish up, get your degree. It's something you could always fall back on and then you can do whatever you want, but just, just don't quit halfway through. And I'm glad she said that because it's true. My culinary career has clearly been that fallbacks slash constant in my life, but um, near and dear to my heart is the arts. So when I got out of culinary school, I took a year off. Um, I went away to Puerto Rico. I tried to open up a little, well, I did open up a little eatery there. But then when I came back, I thought, you know, I really want to get back into the arts. So I started taking um, on-camera and voiceover classes. And I found that I, I had an infinity for voice. And I also liked the fact that I didn't have to wear makeup. I didn't have to starve myself to look skinny on camera. Didn't matter what my hair looked like or if I had zits or what have you. <laughs> and that I had a natural affinity for using my voice. And it was pretty stunning. Um, so I had some success. I had a few national commercials. I then segued for some bizarre reason back into food. <laughs> and it became this kind of back and forth um, uh, dance, if you will, between food and the arts. And then finally in, I think it was, oh, 2001, we had a SAG strike and I had uh, a, re, um, a reshoot coming up to do another voiceover for a, a spot I'd already done on, the, on a commercial. And I remember it was the middle of the uh, strike 
and or the start of the strike and I'm watching TV and there's my commercial, but it's not my voice. <gasps> and I was like, no, they hired a scab. They didn't even tell me. And they went ahead and did the commercial anyway. And I said, you know what? I am really tired of the audition process. I'm tired of being told if I'm good or I'm not good. So I said, what else can I do where I get to control my destiny? And so the very next day I started a catering company. I love it. Uh, Logan is still available, I believe, if you are an extremely ethical employer and you plan to throw a ton of money at her, she might just do a voiceover for you. SAG yes. Screen Actors Guild, by the way, and you can listen to her dulcet tones on a Pantene commercial, a Palmer's Cocoa Butter commercial, an Ocean Dream perfume. I noticed these are all about sensory experiences, which pies definitely are. And but before we get back to pies, 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 I promise you also are the founder and a mom on our mission. What's Mind Over Mana? And that's M-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. Yeah, so that's a health business that I kind of have on the side and a little bit on hold right now. And um, I started working with a wonderful company about, oh, gosh, 10 years ago called Isogenics. Um, they are a direct consumer company with fantastic and amazing scientifically supported nutritional products that help people uh, lose extra body fat, gain lean muscle, and make dietary changes that are supported by science. And science is also a huge part of cooking, of course. Exactly. I know. <laughs> I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to that. Uh, so it's it kind of still fits. Uh, Mana being food from heaven. And, you know, I've dealt with food issues. Um, for a lot of my life, uh, I was uh, bulimic for quite a few years in my teen and early 20s. So in dealing with food, there's this, this almost like a push-pull. I love food. It's amazing. But sometimes I don't use it in the best ways. So trying to help people understand that they can have a great loving relationship with their body and with food. It doesn't have to be a, a zero sum or an either or. So that's just my way of showing people how they can still enjoy great, amazing gourmet food. But when they're not eating that heavy, they can have a nutritional option that helps them maintain their weight or even lose their weight. Thank you so much for sharing that. If you have an issue with bulimia, please do reach out. I really appreciate your, your honesty and vulnerability there. Thank you. And to, yeah, what a juxtaposition to be able to, to have a, to combine health with your love of food and mindfulness. Wowza. <laughs> So I know you, you you have such a portfolio. Would you do me a favor and briefly touch on Blue Nile Consulting? And I have to find out what Lather Unusual was because the name is so damn good. Thank you. <laughs> so Blue Nile Consulting was just a little segue idea. In 2007, my uh, husband at the time got a position in Toronto. I had to close my catering business. We had a two-year-old son at the time. So kind of going our separate ways really wasn't an option. So I opted to close the catering business, Blue Nile Catering, uh, moved to Toronto with my uh, husband at the time and my son. And I was just really bored. I'm a natural born entrepreneur. I ended up being a housewife. I had 
no idea what to do with myself other than make meals and go shopping, which, you know, gets pretty tiresome after a while. So I decided to start Blue Now Consulting as a food consulting agency, micro, very small boutique. But unfortunately, my timing couldn't have been worse. Um, we all know 2007, 2008, 2009. No. Was not, yeah, was not the time to ask for food businesses for money to work on their marketing or their packaging or their their branding, what have you. So it didn't quite get off the ground as much as I had hoped, but it did show me um, what a lot of people do is they start a food business, but they don't really start with the idea of what makes my product different. Is this a fit for the marketplace? And you can say you make the best cookies in the world, but if your friends and family are the only ones telling you, that may not be the best way to then take your hard earned savings and dump it into a business. So my initial goal was to help small food entrepreneurs who are just starting get a feel for should they move forward? What value did their products have? What space do their products have in the marketplace? And really basically, should they put their life savings into this new endeavor? As an Epicurean entrepreneur, you walk the talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, with Lather Unusual, um, that happened after a move from Jersey. So Toronto, New Jersey, and then Seattle. And again, I didn't have a, a quote unquote business and I was getting itchy. And my husband at the time again recommended, hey, why don't you uh, think about a soap business? And I had been dabbling with soap a little bit, mainly because I found that cheese making, which is kind of similar, um, provided way too much waste. And that if I wanted to go into cheese production, I was going to have to have a farming cows. So that wasn't <laughs> something I wanted to do. So I tried to think of, of an idea where I could take product part A, part B, combine them, have some science happen and end up with a product. And the end result was soap. I know this is how my mind works. So um, in our neighborhood that we had just moved to literally months before was a vacant storefront. And so I decided to start an artisanal bath and beauty business with our culinary twist and laying in bed at two in the morning, I came up with the name Lather Unusual because I thought it's rather unusual, but really it's all about the lather and hence the name Lather Unusual. I, I'm now picturing myself in a bath with fabulous soap eating a pie. So, so the imagery <laughs> just gets better and better. <laughs> yeah. Pot Pie Factory, P-O-T-P-I-E-Factory.co, best individual pot pies in Seattle, top 100 finalist people in the Small Business Grant Contest of 2021. And we are still suffering from COVID. I mean, we're still, excuse that word, that, that's uh, the wrong word for it. We are still re-entering the world after COVID. Seattle made, supported by the, or endorsed by the Seattle Good Business Network, and free delivery if you order $95 or more, which going by the range of pies is not hard to do. Oh, and she's got a really helpful, uh, Logan has incredibly helpful delivery uh, instructions on the website so you can find your zip code to know if you're in or out of zone. Hey, I'm not in zone. Can I come and pick up my pies yet or are we still not able to offer that service? Well, the good news is um, the information you have in front of you is our soon to be old website. Ooh. We have, yes, we're launching a brand new website in the next one to two weeks where we will be expanding to Washington State shipping. Um, so we'll be shrinking our delivery zone for person to person delivery, but we will be expanding our range by offering uh, basically overnight shipping. 
Uh, what the cost of all of that will be, we're still working out, but it's definitely going to happen. And yes, you can also come and pick up pies. We do a pie pickup on Fridays between 12 and 6 p.m. to give people enough time to visit after work. But again, that's all kind of shifting in the next few weeks. So, so just keep in touch. Keep in touch with Logan. You can sign up for her emails. You can subscribe. If I subscribe, uh, what, what am I getting? So a lot of our emails are written by me. Actually, they all are at this point. And it's usually a very personal um, overview of where we are as a company, what's been going on. Um, a lot of our uh, newest customers joined us last year after some wonderful mentions in the Seattle Times. So uh, they've been able to actually see the journey that I've been through in scaling this business almost overnight and uh, being a part of it. And when things go wrong, I like to tell everybody in our audience what's going on. Um, if we have any specials coming up, if we have events coming up, new places that serve our pies that are reheated and, and fresh to eat hot, et cetera. So it's a little bit of a mix. Um, we don't do too much heavy marketing with buy this, buy that, hey, this, hey, that this discount, that discount. It's more of a conversation between me and the audience of Pot Pie Factory. So they understand, you know, the challenges we're going through as a small business, where we're at and how much we still really love their support. You're creating a community and with yeah. products as good as yours, uh, you, you don't need the hard sell. I mean, it's attraction, not promotion. And I'm already, uh, <laughs> already started a shopping list. So I haven't <laughs> even read your emails. You said uh, you talk about when things go wrong. You're honest. You talk about what it's like being an entrepreneur. I think you have had some hiccups over the last couple of years. Are there any you want to share with us? Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think starting a business, bootstrapping a food business is never easy. Uh, I didn't plan to start Pot Pie Factory uh, to create what I've done right now. It's been an evolution of an idea. It's been about listening to consumers and finding out what they want and what they need. And sometimes it's hard to meet those demands when you don't have a lot of funds. Uh, the pandemic was very interesting. Um, so because of the Seattle Times article that came out last February, we had phenomenal growth just before the pandemic hit. But with that growth came the, the challenge, growing pains, challenges of, of having a business business that goes from zero to 60 basically overnight. So to give you an idea of what that was like, uh, when we first had the article come out, we had about 267 orders on the website for the life of the website, which was roughly about two years. In 2019, we only did $10,000 in sales for the whole year, which is not livable, <laughs> not very sustainable. But after the article, we have now almost 4,000 orders that we've processed <gasps> on the website. Wahooga! Yeah, we did about 30 times our sales the year prior, just in 2020. I, I love hearing this. I'm, I'm doing a happy little dance at, at the Zoom. <laughs> you, you can't see it, but my feet are going up and down like Snoopy. This is absolutely fantastic. Oh, speaking of growth, I think you're looking for a production team lead. Is that still the case? Oh, absolutely. It's time for me to step out of the kitchen. So I've been doing all the fillings and the doughs for the last four and a half years. 
And it's time for me to take my chef hat off, if you will, put it on the side for a bit, let someone else train up into my position so that we can grow. Because I really do work best when I'm out talking with people, talking with potential wholesalers and vendors, and, and you know, hopefully being able to do some farmer's markets so I can meet everybody and say, hey, I'm so excited that you're supporting my business. That's really where I think I shine the best. I forgot to mention your voiceover ability plus your passion, plus I'm, I'm looking at you and you're gorgeous. Um, cooking show, obviously. Obviously, the next <laughs> step is a cooking show. Obviously, the next step is a documentary <laughs> about you. Somebody following you around these farmers markets. Uh, you asked, yeah, uh, my TV production hat is switching on. I, I believe that's going to be your next step. You know, I would love that. It's actually been a wish of mine for a really, really long time. When I had Blue Nile Catering, one of our strong suits is uh, fusion cuisine. So marrying all the different flavors of different cultures that I love, which I also do with Pot Pie Factory. And I remember thinking, God, if only I could have a cooking show called Fusion, that would just make me the happiest person. So yeah, I could do that. I would love to do that. <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. It will happen. I hereby, I, I hereby believe we're going to manifest that. Uh, speaking of Seattle, you have a shot of pot, uh, excuse me, uh, Pike Place Market uh, on your Facebook. Were you able to take your pies there or is, is that on your plan? Well, it's something we've thought about. Um, I think in the very, very beginning, we considered one of the stalls. But honestly, we have so many flavors and we make so many pies that I think an actual storefront would be necessary. And as you know, Pike Place is so very, very in demand. It's hard to find that sweet spot. I know recently they had some spots open, but they were for um, shelf stable products not anything that needs refrigeration or, or to be cooked off. So, you know, it may happen in the future, but honestly, um, you know, my goal is to franchise Pot Pie Factory. So just one location won't, won't be the end of things. It'll be a, a sea of Pot Pie Factories, if you will, all around the country. Mm. Thank you for explaining logistics. It, just even as you were speaking, I'm thinking, of course, it's too big for, for Pike Place Market. The fun that that is, we need something larger. Yeah, we do. Pot pies. Uh, we're in Seattle, so of course I immediately think of marijuana, but why is it called a pot pie? <laughs> well, it's the idea that it's it's a one pot meal. Oh. Um, it's, yeah, so it's, and it, it's a little bit different than the New Zealand and, and the Aussie pies in that we tend to have a little more sauce, a little more veg, a little more balance between the meat and everything else. Um, <laughs> right? You guys are very meat and cheese heavy. Um, so I'm doing a slightly lighter version, if you will, maybe more American style where it's, it's kind of like if you could have a, a whole meal in a pie, your veg, your sauce, your protein and your carbohydrates, what would that look like? How many, so, people, you know. do you, how many people do your pies serve? Uh, they're individual. So one per person at 10 ounces each. Oh, that's brilliant. So everybody can have their own flavor. Love it. Exactly. And what we're hoping to build in the future with our franchising is customization. So you can choose the crust, the filling, and do a very simple customization, or you can get even more hardcore and choose the protein, the veg, and the sauce. So if you don't like peas, you don't have to have peas in your pot pie. If you don't like carrots or you want to double up on the carrots, you'll be able to do that within this six and a half ounce uh, limit that you have. 
Oh, forget Subway. I'm heading straight for this. And we're going to stick with the name, the potpiefactory.co. I'm going to be first to queue up. Make sure you have, I'll try, could you, would you mind getting one in Bellevue? I very much appreciate that. Absolutely. Now back to New Zealand pies. Okay, so for me, a pie, all right, a good old Kiwi pie, you go down to your dairy, which is kind of like a 7-Eleven. I don't, I don't know why it's called dairy. I think they basically used to be the place you picked up your milk. And, oh, well, speaking of which, uh, Logan's pies are flash frozen and they're ready to enjoy with a simple reheat. So it's even more convenient. That's part of the reason she can ship them beautifully. So kiwi pie, we're talking butter chicken, butter chicken pies, bacon and egg pies, mince and cheese, mince and potatoes, steak and mushrooms. She's absolutely right. We have meat, 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 meat and beef, meat. Try it. The closest we get is a bacon and egg. And we basically say, well, you know, just pick out the uh, pick out the bacon if you're vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you do not want to know how much fat are in them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, it's comfort food. It will never be fat free. Um, You know, we will be working in the future on a sodium reduced uh, offering, maybe even sodium free, because we have a lot of elderly uh, customers who are on sodium restricted diets. But at the end of the day, I don't expect people to eat these pies every single day, three days, you know, three meals a day. It's, It's comfort food. It's enjoyable. It's a treat. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. So don't worry about the fat and the cholesterol. It's not something you're supposed to just have 10 a day and you're going to have a heart attack. It's just enjoy it when you can. And there's good fats and there's good cholesterol. And, oh, hey, do you do breakfast pies? Are you going to do breakfast? We do, actually. We already do. We have um, a line that we introduced just a few months ago that's been doing so well. So we do these egg bites, which is all natural egg. We crack all the eggs. It's fresh egg. We cook it in a sheet, dice it up so it stays nice and firm. We mix it with our white sauce that we use for our classic chicken, which has herbs and spices and chicken stock. And then we add in a salami from a local producer, uh, wonderful salamis from Salt Blade Meats here in Washington. We also have wonderful mushrooms from Snow Valley Farms, who brings us these absolutely gorgeous blue oyster mushrooms, goat cheese, sharp cheddar cheese, and we'll eventually be doing a bacon. You'd think we would start with the bacon, but the salami is so amazing. I had to start there. And we'll be building that out. And I'm also trying to figure out how to do a vegan version. And you do halal, and you do gluten-free, and Correct. you do vegan. Uh, in other and other choices what about in new zealand okay obviously i'm 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 slightly uh, biased here but we have it's a big deal to have shepherd's pie which of course isn't a pie and we've also got fish pie i don't suppose there's anything like that coming out well we actually have um, a thai curry seafood which has both salmon and shrimp oh. uh, they're both unfarmed seafoods because we believe in using wild caught Um, environmentally sustainable seafood, as well as our antibiotic and hormone-free proteins. So we do have that. Our biggest request actually with the Thai curry, which is one of my favorites, is that we offered it without seafood. So that's something we're going to be working on in the future as well, have a chicken version and a vegetarian version. Mm, And different levels of spices, please, because I need so mild (laughs) that basically it wants to cower in a corner. Oh, (laughs) So that's where the customization will be really, really fun. So yeah. people who have different type of palette, palette needs can say, you know what, I've just created the best pie. And what's also fun is we'll have a mobile app. So you'll be able to save your combinations to your library. So that way you can, <laughs> yeah, you can easily reorder that same combination or even share it with friends and family. 
the Erin. Keep an eye out for the Erin pie, which will be coming. And stop <laughs> exactly. sooner at franchises near you. Hey, what is European style butter? I mean, does it look down on you? Is it condescending? Does it belong to the BEC? <laughs> Did it was a part of Brexit? What's European butter? <laughs> Yes, it was part of Brexit. No, just kidding. Uh, it's it's a higher fat content. Um, so the fat to um, water ratio is much higher than um, your average store-bought butter. It just adds to the richness, the flavor. Um, there are some butter brands that I absolutely love that I wish we could afford to use in mass production, but they're just a little too pricey. So we try to find that sweet spot between the best quality butter that has the, the flavor notes that we're looking for, the fat content that we're looking for, and the performance that we're looking for within a price point that makes our pies still affordable. This is where science, this is where Logan's ability to, to the magic of science plus the magic of cooking plus the magic of business comes on. Uh, the woman magic is a well. wizard. You're a wizard with a whisk. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Goddess of gourmet. We, we could just keep on going. Hey, I'll why, take it. Why do, you never use, why do you never use shortening? I just don't think it's a health food. I don't think it's a healthy um, ingredient. It's, you know, I remember growing up and my mom was really adamant about one thing in our house, real butter. My grandfather was a butcher. My mom clearly remembers during the, um, so, you know, during the forties, during the war, how they yeah. were rationing butter. And at one point you would get this block of basically shortening with mm. a little yellow dot in it, like an orange dot. And what you had to do was knead it together so that it appeared to look like the same color as butter, but it wasn't. And she swore she would never, ever, ever buy that if she had a choice after that experience. And that just informed me as I grew up, we just, we never had margarine in the house. Um, we, I don't even think we ever really had shortening unless maybe we wanted to make donuts. But really with my mom, it was butter all the way. So that was that was something I really wanted to cling to. And I wanted to make sure that people knew that the care that we put into the products goes all the way through. It's not just the protein. It's not just the scratch cooking. We really try all the way through to be as conscientious as possible. Um, yeah. I always go for butter over any other alternative. And butter is better. <laughs> <laughs> and Julia Child's ghost is, is, you know, smiling at us from wherever she is in the heavenly kitchen. Yeah. We absolutely, completely and utterly agreed with you on that one. Hey, I know you also, uh, you're still very mindful of the pandemic. You've got some COVID-19 practices in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's important because we work in a shared facility. So we have about seven other businesses that, that share our huge kitchen with, with us. We have our own room, but still we all have to interact. So it's been important for us to make sure that when people visit, they follow protocol. When we have chefs on site um, and workers on site that everybody follows protocol, we're extremely diligent about how clean we keep the kitchen. I'm extremely fastidious just in general as a person. So the thought of having a sloppy kitchen drives me insane. So it's nice to know that, you know, when you walk into our facility, the care that we put into the product is reflected in how we treat our environment when we, that we cook in. I would also love to know, I mean, I, I just assumed you had a scrupulous kitchen, but I I'm, thank you for stating that. I, I was actually distracted by the fact that I know you'll marinate your meats. How do you marinate your meats? <laughs> oh, what an intimate question. Um, <laughs> so again, 
flavor all the way through is critical. I mean, you know, I always say if you, if you boil something in water, it's going to taste like water. Mm -hmm. If you boil, if you ever try boiling pasta and chicken stock, you will find your pasta actually tastes amazing without any sauce because now you're literally infusing the pasta with what it's cooking in. So it makes sense that if you're going to have a protein that's cooked in a product, the more flavor you add to it before the cooking process happens, the more flavorful the end result is. So it's just, it's just that ethos that I have about food. If you have the chance to add flavor, why don't you? It's the same thing with our crust. We don't have a plain crust. Every one of our crusts has some adjunct on it, an herb, a spice, a seed, something, so that when you crack into the crust, not only do you get the butter and that golden delicious caramelization, the Maillard reaction that happens between the butter and the flour, and that little hint of salt, that savory combination is enhanced by all the additives that are natural that we add, the rosemary, the uh, nigella seeds, uh, the, the Italian seasonings, it all informs what you're just about to put into your mouth and it just becomes this amazing orchestration of flavor. So why not start with marination? Have you thought about doing a 1-800 line where you do nothing but talk about the, you know, the things like this, the joy of pies, the cooking, the way you're cooking? People would pay to listen to this. I, I think if I can carve out some time, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm open to almost anything because I, I really do love sharing food knowledge with people. I love sharing knowledge in general. It's one of the complaints people have about me in my life is that, you know, you know, since you know everything about everything and it's not that I know everything, I just, I, I am a sponge for odd facts. <laughs> oh, and I'm fascinated by science and chemistry and, and, and physics, even though I can't say that I've been very good at that in school, but there's, it's just something about it that excites me. It must be all those boiling chemicals. Uh, 1-800 drool to listen to this amazing woman talk. <laughs> Talk about the way she makes her pies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Logan, you were such a treat. Uh, uh, let me know as soon as you start the overnight shipping to Washington because I am in Bellevue, uh, so I can order. Uh, I adore pies. Obviously, I grew up on pies, and I have a feeling you are going to take my, my ability to appreciate pies to a whole new level. Find Logan at the pot, actually, no, the, excuse me, it's like Facebook, not the Facebook, potpiefactory.co. Read through her vision. Just look at the photos. <laughs> <laughs> and she is redoing the website, but there are buttons that say shop, 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 shop. And you can contact her and there's facts. There's everything you need to know on the website. And remember, Fridays between 12 and 6, get there. You might want to get there at 12 because there might be a queue because I'm guessing some pies run out. Can people pre-order? So um, what we started to do is actually we have a rolling inventory. So um, when the Seattle Times article came out, the digital version, we sold out of pies within less than 24 hours. Mm. And we had people complaining because we used to have stock values where we'd have 25 of this or five of that. And then the morning that the physical article was due to come out that following Sunday, I laid in bed and I thought, you know, investors have been asking me for proof of concept, right? Mm, Because $10,000 a year is not a lot. So I said, you know what, this is the time. So I opened up uh, all the numbers. I got rid of any counts. And so we basically will take as many orders as we can. And then we fulfill as fast as we can. 
So that way people don't have to wait per se to order. They just have to wait for their order to be fulfilled. That is fantastic. Hey, I just noticed, uh, as my mother would say, hey, is for horses, must stop saying that. Uh, the shop at the moment is, is, am I right? It's closed for maintenance. How do I, how do yes. I directly, how do I directly buy your pies right now as of July 28th? So unfortunately, that's not an option, um, simply because we have the new site coming out and we didn't want to have orders that were stuck on the old site Ah. while we launched the new site. So literally, our site is being finished and it will be up and beautiful with an even faster, better UX UX experience so that you can order easily without some of the headaches of the current site. So I do hope people will be patient with us while we get that going because it will be a much better experience. Of course we will. You are worth the wait. Save up for a quality item of clothing. Wait for the best individual pot pies in Seattle. You are worth it and it's only around the corner. This will go out in a week or so and by that stage you'll be halfway through and by the time people absolutely you are worth the wait and in the meantime while you are waiting just listen to this podcast over and over again (laughs) in anticipation logan thank you so much oh oh, one quick question do you yes of course do you do fruit pies because i can't see your full you know inventory we do yes uh we currently have two we have a caramel apple we make our caramel sauce in in in-house and we also have a strawberry rhubarb oh i love strawberry rhubarb can i put a uh pitch in for a banana pie please okay i'll 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 Benothi. add that to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm sure it's a very, very long list. Banoffee, please. Banana and toffee. Got it. <laughs> and and I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Definitely, Erin. We absolutely will. I really appreciate you coming on today. This was so much fun. I'm going to go have some lunch because I am now delightfully hungry and I am going to be checking your website continuously until I can put in a very large order. Thank you. Erin, thank you as well. I really appreciate the shout out. (laughs) Bye.